Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you belong. Let's get started. Hey, I'm so glad that you could join me today. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly. Today's episode centers around the difference between purpose and calling, and I did not know this previously. There is a difference. I'm joined here by author T.C. Cannon. T.C. has a great book called Lord, Where's My Calling? And T.C. will break down for us the difference between purpose and calling, how we can discover what they are, and then start to walk in them. I'm actually deeply passionate about this subject. And the reason is in my divorce and in this single mom season, God has used this new understanding of purpose and calling to not only heal me from brokenness, but also give me hope for the future. TC's been part of that journey with me, and I'm just excited for you to get a listen to this conversation. TC's also sponsoring a giveaway for listeners of the Christian Single Moms podcast. She's giving away a copy of her book, Lord, Where's My Calling? If you'd like to learn more about how to enter that giveaway, go to agapemoms.com forward slash giveaway or have a look for the link in the show notes. As we get started, if you'd like to take notes on this episode and then later give yourself the opportunity to pray and reflect on what you've learned, I want you to have a look down in the show notes. You'll notice something called podcast pages. If you click on that link, you'll be taken to the Agape Moms website, and there you'll find free downloadable podcast journaling pages to give you the opportunity to consider further what God would have for you from this episode. Also down in the show notes, if you are new to the podcast, you'll notice a link to a quiz. It's called What's Your Loneliness Type? Loneliness is something that all of us single moms have to deal with, but the reasons why we deal with loneliness are different, and they don't necessarily have that much to do with whether or not we're in a relationship. So if you'd like to learn more about your own experience with loneliness, what's causing it, and then some of the ways out, go ahead and click on that link or head over to agapemoms.com forward slash quiz. One of the things I really appreciate about TC is how much she understands doubt and how difficult getting to the understanding of purpose and calling can be when we've been hurt. And I think that you'll find that her compassion on this topic is unique. Here's my conversation with TC Cannon. I'm so thrilled you're here with me in studio today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's fun to be here. It so is. And (laughs) I'm excited about this conversation because I think for our healing purpose and calling are so central Mm -hmm. to taking something bad that has happened in our lives Mm -hmm. and allowing God to use it for something good. But there's a lot of frustration around that process. So can you help us to get to the root of that and understanding why is this thing so frustrating for us and why obsessing about it is actually the worst thing that we could do? Yes. Well, I can definitely share that from my own experience for sure, because I spent so many years really just aching, really. I mean, I, I would I would say it was a building source of anxiety in my life, just mm-hmm. aching to know what my my calling was, a special calling is, you know, just something that was... Um, very clear, very uh, just taking all the elements of who I am and and seeming to connect all the dots for my life. And I just kept praying for it and praying for it. And, um, you know, it just seemed so elusive for Mm -hmm. so many years. And it was interesting how it seemed to start from a place of genuine desire to do what the Lord would want me to do, but it just increasingly kept growing, not only consuming my my prayer time, mm. but my thought life and the desire kept subtly shifting and um, like 
the desire really became more and more focused on me over mm. time, which then of course, the more centered on, on myself, I was the more anxiety I would feel. And, um, I don't know, it was like a snowball of, of stress that mm. I don't think I consciously, well, I know I wasn't consciously aware of it just happened like the tapping of a rudder on a ship, mm-hmm. just that tiny little tap, but it ends up pulling, taking you out into a completely different destination. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's that one degree off that yes. if we just have the wrong focus, even if it's got a right intention, right. but if we're going about it in the wrong way, I mean, if we left New York and we thought we were going to make it to London, we might end up in Cairo or something like right. that because we're just that one degree off. <laughs> Crazy. And, and we, you know, it, it happens just in in desperate or in either desperation or even in just genuine desire to do good. Mm. But you've probably heard that phrase where good is often the, the enemy of best. Right. And so it's not that we're setting out to do something wrong yeah. or unbiblical or bad for ourselves, we're, we're looking for something good that can just sometimes be so deceptive. And I think that frustration often leads us to feel like we're letting God down, that you created me with a purpose. I, mm-hmm. I can believe that I can grab onto that. But if I don't know what it is, I must not have enough faith or I must not have the right relationship with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not hearing you. And so there's just this turmoil. And I think for me, this sense of purpose started really young, started in my elementary years of feeling like, wow, I've got something important that I want to do in my life and always striving and seeking to achieve and never feeling like I hit the mark. Right. Did you know, I'm curious, did you know you had a sense of wanting to do something, but did you have Mm -hmm. any idea of what, what it was, or you just had that desire to do something special or significant? Yeah. So I didn't know what it was. It was kind of a both and, um, but I knew I liked to write. And I think that's the fascinating thing about how in this season of my life, how ministry has kind of been birthed out of this because it started Mm -hmm. as just writing. It started as journaling my thoughts and experiences as I went through this difficult season and then kind of blossomed into these other, um, I guess, communicative arts that I didn't even really recognize that I had a talent for. And God just sort of allowed those first steps to blossom into something else, but it wasn't because I was going after it. It wasn't that I set this intention of like, I am going to do this very specific thing. It was more of, well, this is a gifting I have, and this is a way I process my pain. So we'll start here. Mm -hmm. And then whatever God might do with that, we'll see where it goes. Wow. Well, you, you had a far more peaceful Mm -hmm. approach, just, um, it seems naturally you you yeah. are bent in that direction of just, oh, I'll just bite off the bite that's in front of me to chew. And, and the next thing will lead to the next thing. And that's actually a gift. Mm. I didn't have that. Mm. I, mm. I think for me, my, my problem was I've, I don't know where I um, developed this belief. I think it happens sort of subtly in the church. Mm. And I'm not saying this is every church or every denomination or every, you know, um, family or, or, or the way you were raised. But for some reason in my Christian journey, I picked up this belief that we all have a big special calling mm. and the pieces of your life were building toward that. And eventually you would, you would have a revelation of what that big calling was. And so for me, I picked that up over time, as I already mentioned, Mm -hmm. the the anxiety built, but I think I was always kind of preset at looking at horizon. What's coming around the corner? Mm -hmm. What's coming around the corner? Whereas it sounds like you were more like, oh, I'm fine where I am. It's like the next step of the staircase for me. Yeah. And I was just trying (laughs) to- You're looking at the top of the stairs saying like, how do I get up there? Yes. Mm -hmm. And and that's just the way I was wired. Mm -hmm. And and so just as I thought I was getting to the next corner, it would just spread that horizon out Mm -hmm. all the farther. And Mm -hmm. I just kept- kind of looking off into the distance, which unfortunately caused me to miss a lot of what was going on right here. Mm -hmm. And so you're really blessed (laughs) that you were able to just take what you had a passion for in the small Mm -hmm. and just allow it to evolve. And, and really that's, that, that's a gift from God that you were able to do that. Well, I'm so thankful because it was a big piece of me clawing my way out of the pit of despair. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for you though, explain to me 
what that did to your relationship with God? Because I know for me, it was very central. I'm just going to do this thing that I I do know that I'm gifted in and I'm going to work that out. And God started unraveling my healing from there, peeling Mm -hmm. back those layers of the onion, just as I wrote and those types of things. But for you, you mentioned, you know, as it consumed your prayer life though, that things kind of started to go off. Right. So how did that impact your relationship with God putting this thing first that really was not the first place thing? Yeah, that's such a great question. So uh, there, there are many ways it affected my relationship with God. Uh, one of them was, like you had mentioned, I felt that I was failing. I felt that I, I was failing God in some way, whether it be my faith or mm-hmm. whether it be my faithfulness, you know, with mm-hmm. what he had given me or that I just didn't have the talent or the skills, or there wasn't anything special about me, which then of course you begin to, it affected my relationship with God in in a way also of thinking, why did you give everybody else so many wonderful Mm -hmm. talents and skills? And it seems like opportunity is knocking for everybody else, but what's wrong with me? And so I would question God's sovereign Mm -hmm. creation of me Mm -hmm. and, and why, why am I getting these like supporting roles mm-hmm. and other people are getting these starring roles, so yeah, to speak. Right. You know, part of what I had developed was a belief that certain callings are way more important mm-hmm. or special in the kingdom of God. And anything that I was experiencing never seemed to cut it. It never seemed, even though it might someone else might look at me and say, Well, you're a mom or you're a teacher. And right. even I wrote books or I got to speak. It, it always felt to me in my heart like training ops. Mm. It never had that feel of being the, the big thing. calling. Mm-hmm. And so my prayer life became very self-focused because, and, and that's something that, you know, I learned over time is that praying for a special calling was really more about me. Mm. Even though I could fool myself and think, I just want to do something for you. Uh, the fact that I needed it to be special or big was really about me. Mm. So my prayer, mm-hmm. and I've always loved the Lord. It's not that I've wanted to be a self-focused woman. I never had that desire. Yeah, It just started happening. Mm-hmm. So what did that reveal for you though, as you start to say, this actually feels like this is more about me. How did, what was that moment where you came aware of that? Right. Well, that didn't happen in the most depressed season Mm -hmm. that what happened that kind of came after the revelation that God brought into my life to help me understand the significant difference between my purpose and a calling Mm. purpose and calling. Yeah. Two words. I feel that we use synonymously. I mean, I always did. You'd, you'd throw those around and a lot of times in conferences or checklists or find your purpose. We're using those interchangeably. And I, Ended up just, you know, a funny thing, Webster's Dictionary kind of came to the rescue of my life. I I just felt led. I do believe the Holy Spirit prompted me Mm -hmm. to look up the definitions of those words. And I came to see that they are not the same at all. They're they're totally different. And it was after learning and, and really doing a deeper dive into the difference between those two words and what that meant in my life Mm -hmm. that I was able to see the difference that I was, that my focus, my, my, um, just constant, uh, you know, desire for this calling thing was actually a self-focused desire. I didn't see it until I saw the difference between Mm. purpose and calling. Okay. And I want you to elaborate on that because I heard you mention this in a podcast, probably, I don't know, maybe a year ago. And this episode like lit it up for me and your book details it fantastically. But I, I think this is something that is so central to us getting through the frustration of this and getting to the point. Yes. Yes. So what I saw just plain dictionary definition is that a calling really boils down to a vocation or a job and purpose is the reason for which we exist. Mm. So when you think about those, they they really are so significantly different. Calling is uh, something that we do. And the reason we exist is basically, you know, our our whole primary um, identity. Mm-hmm. And of course, God uses funny analogies to help me understand concepts. And he used the uh, brilliant and very sophisticated analogy of <laughs> vacuum cleaners as <laughs> domestic tools. You That's know, right. You speak to me, but, um, so I, I just was thinking, okay, in the, in the simplest example, take a vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. 
what is the reason for which a vacuum exists? It exists to suck up dirt. Mm-hmm. So I call him a dirt sucker. That sounds right. you know, <laughs> a little iffy there, but it's a dirt sucker. So all vacuums, the primary purpose for a vacuum's existence is to suck up dirt. Mm-hmm. So thinking of a vacuum cleaner, if it had feelings, it would know that for, you know, I want to suck up dirt, but where it does that would be what I would consider the calling. Where is the vacuum mm-hmm. called to suck up dirt? Now that piece isn't up to the vacuum. It's up to the one who purchased it. Mm -hmm. So wherever the owner, wherever the purchaser of the vacuum wants that vacuum to suck up dirt is where it's called to do that. And if the vacuum was called to a palace, that might seem like a wonderful calling for the vacuum. Mm -hmm. But what if it's sitting in a closet all day, not sucking up any dirt? What kind of a life would that be? And if vacuums had feelings and that vacuum went to bed (laughs) at night after a day in the closet, how fulfilling would that vacuum, mm-hmm. you know, would that life feel mm-hmm. to the vacuum? But mm-hmm. think about a vacuum that's taken to a shack. It would seem like, oh, that's not a very grand calling. Mm-hmm. But what if it's sucking up dirt all day long and goes to bed at night thinking, I fulfilled the purpose for which I exist. I actually did the thing I was created for. Mm-hmm. That is what brings fulfillment mm-hmm. is being able to live in our purpose, doing what we were created to do. And so when you translate into the human life, you think of what is the reason for which we exist, all humans, primary purpose. And we look at what the Bible says about that. It is about being God's image bearers. Mm -hmm. And several ways of saying that would be to magnify him, Mm -hmm. to glorify him. We are created to bear an image. We're image bearers. We're God glorifiers. Mm -hmm. Vacuums are dirt suckers. We're God glorifiers. And so if we use the vacuum and think, okay, which vacuum would you rather be? Mm -hmm. This great calling, but you're not sucking up dirt or this shack, but you're doing it all day long. the, The truth is, it's up to God where he calls us, but we can be living our primary purpose every single day, Mm. no matter where we are. It doesn't have to do, it is not reliant upon where we're called to do it. We can glorify God every day, anywhere by reflecting him to a hurting world. Mm -hmm. Because another way, another analogy is like, if we are all a mirror, we think about human beings as being mirrors. Whatever we're facing is what we're reflecting Mm -hmm. to the world. Mm -hmm. We're meant, we're created to bear his image, to reflect him. Yeah. And we can do that with our kids actually alone. We can mm-hmm. get to know him more and make him known in several simple ways, no matter what's going on in our life. And I don't know, for me, it was, I mean, I can cry still thinking about the significant difference, this simple flip mm-hmm. of, first of all, understanding the difference and then swapping the priority in my prayer life, you know, to, I want to know more about my primary purpose, which means I need to know you more because I'm here to reflect you. I want to focus more on that, which I know I can find daily fulfillment. And I want, I still want to ask what you want me to do. Having a calling isn't a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but I want to put that down on my list of priorities because that's really up to the one who bought me. Mm -hmm. You put me where you want me and let me glorify you there. And that perspective has just changed my life. I, I go to bed now every, I don't, I don't worry about it anymore. Mm. I'm almost like you were there before. Yeah. I don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I just, I live in my, I call it my area rug. I live on my area <laughs> rug instead of looking for this red carpet calling all the time. I just live on this beautiful handcrafted area rug asking God, what, what is on this rug today? How can mm. I glorify you here? And then if he wants to make it a flying carpet and move me somewhere else, he can do that anytime <laughs> yeah. he wants. Yeah. I love that too, because then we're not searching anymore. Right. We all have the same purpose. It's right. the same for you, for me, for anybody who's right. listening to this. It's all the same. How we get to live that out is what the calling is about. Right. And that's creative. Mm-hmm. And I'm a creative person. So that gets me really juiced up thinking about, well, you could do it this way or that way and with right. this gift or that gift and those kinds of things. And it just frees us up to start mm-hmm. to explore those things. And there's right. so much less burden. My, I don't need to discover what my life's purpose is in the work because I know what it is 
is even before the work has begun. Yes. But being honest though, going through something like a divorce, for example, Mm -hmm. you are losing some callings that happen in there. So for example, you thought you were a wife, you were called to do that for a season. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's taken away from you. Or if your spouse dies, things happen with your, the relationship with your kids, just various losses in our relationships over the course of our lives shift that calling. Mm -hmm. And that can make it very difficult for us to firstly trust God and say, why do I want to glorify you? This Mm -hmm. terrible thing happened. Why would I want to do that? So for a woman who's in that space right now and is wrestling with some of that doubt, Mm -hmm. what would you say? Yeah. Well, first of all, I completely can, I can understand. I I have been there. I know what that feels like. Every aspect of that, the doubting, the pain, Mm -hmm. the, the struggle of what now. And, um, you know, I would say first and foremost about doubt in general, God can handle our doubts. And I think some of us in the church have been uh, raised to believe that, that we want to, you know, that doubting is somehow a weakness or something to feel shame or that God's disappointed when we doubt. But the Bible is filled with examples of godly men and women who struggled with seasons of doubt. And really, doubt can become honest doubt, you know, rather than, you know, embittered mm-hmm. um skepticism, but honest doubt actually can bring us closer to God. Because if we bring them to him, like I'm struggling with your goodness here, I don't understand how you're good. If you let all this happen, then, and we bring it to him and we're willing to, to press into his character and trust a little bit in his, in what he's done before in our lives and Mm -hmm. in the goodness that we have experienced, then one step at a time, those doubts can become some of the deepest dives into bolstering our faith than we've ever been truly authentic opportunities to find the answers that we're looking for. And the answers are really there, but also just thinking about the beauty of understanding our primary purpose, how that, you know, all when any calling comes to an end uh, in a way that was out of our decision-making mm-hmm. um, or, you know, that isn't what we ever desired or dreamed it's devastating. Mm-hmm. It's not like just knowing our primary purpose purpose solves every problem we'll ever have. Mm-hmm. However, because purpose doesn't ever change, our primary purpose cannot be changed. Mm-hmm. No matter what changes in our callings, it can be like an anchor. It can be that thing that anchors us during those really painful seasons where I don't understand this. I don't know much of anything. Sometimes I, I get to seasons where I'm thinking, I don't know a whole lot more than you exist Mm -hmm. and you made me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those are the two points, the two anchors that just get me through another day. Even if it's a day where I'm thinking I can barely breathe, I just need to get to the next breath. Having just even those two, two things that I'm, I feel certain of, can bring me through that season of pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, this is why I, you know, another one of my passions is just digging into understanding what we believe and also some of the reasons why. And, and I've had so many doubts. I, I've listed them because I'm no longer ashamed of mm-hmm. my doubts. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you without going into detail on all the answers I yeah. found that there hasn't been a single doubt that I've ever had that I haven't found an emotionally and intellectually satisfying answer mm-hmm. that bolsters my faith mm-hmm. and, and builds my assurance in the Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'd like to take a short break from our conversation to mention our sponsor, Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is Christian counseling that is available on the go, and it works through an app where you are able to schedule video sessions or just chat with your counselor throughout the course of the week. And I've found that having the combination of Christian teaching and counseling together was so encouraging and so healing for me. If you have been considering Christian counseling and you would like to give Faithful Counseling a try, you can get 10% off of your first month by going to getfaithful.com forward slash single mom. I think that's something too that Doubt is something that often plagues us in our mind and we roll it around Mm -hmm. a lot, but we're afraid to let it come out. We're afraid to put it on a page. Mm -hmm. We're afraid to speak to it. We're afraid to acknowledge that it even exists. And just hearing you say, 
I can put these things out here. They don't get have power over mm-hmm. me. That God reveals himself greater through that process. And that disappointment sometimes is that thing that reveals the doubt, whether we knew it was there before or it came out because of this disappointment. But it's the thing that God actually uses to invite us closer to knowing him and to understanding Mm -hmm. why all this might be happening and why, what the purpose of our whole lives is, what the purpose of our suffering is. And I think that's the, the greatest, I think it is one of the most difficult things to go through suffering if you don't have Jesus. Right. Because it's he is the only one who makes all of this make sense. Right. Even if I don't know the answer, he does. Yes. And I can trust that he does. But it is getting back into that trust space to say, if I put this before you, how how do you feel about me? And I think what you're saying, and mm-hmm. I know from my experience, he reveals his gentleness time yes. over time and his goodness time over time. And if we can just grab onto that, mm-hmm. then knowing where he would have us go after all of this. Right. Something that becomes more of an adventure, something mm-hmm. more we can free ourselves up to and open our hands to rather than saying, well, I'm not going to budge until you give me the next thing. And right. I've definitely been there though. I have been in the space as much as we're talking about like, oh, and I started writing yeah. and then, you know, all of this, like there were some other times where it was like, I, no, I need some more of you before I'm going to say anything. Cause I might right. say something I don't want to say, Right. you know, but so as we wrestle through these things, so I think that some of that, um, that creative process between us and the Lord. I just see so many of these things as like a dance where he's leading us into the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the disappointment threatens to kind of stop us there and it it forces us to confront some of our thoughts about God. Mm-hmm. And when you've been hurt, whether by a spouse, a parent, church person, someone else, some somebody of significant influence in your life, sometimes we depict God wrongly, mm-hmm. that we ascribe whatever that person's behaviors were to God. And so we would say, well, a God who wants, who created me to glorify him, some might say that, well, doesn't that make him selfish? Right. So talk about that. Talk about how our understanding of God might have us confused about this role of being a God glorifier and what ultimately it means for the entire equation. Right. And that's such a good question because I honestly, it it does sound like, oh, we're made to, isn't it great? We're here to make God known and reflect him. But if Mm -hmm. you don't know God, Mm -hmm. if you don't understand his goodness, his love, his true character, it makes it sound like, golly, what a conceited being this must be that he created all these humans just to make him known. And, And if, you know, if it was another human that would be a conceited kind of selfish thing, but we, but I was even thinking of an example as a parent, you know, as a mom. And I think there are times when it is best for my child to look at me, to look at me or, you know, or even model me, mm-hmm. even follow my example. Mm-hmm. And I can think of countless examples, but there are times when it's better for my child to look at me rather than the mirror or someone else, like when they're in pain, have you ever been, you know, when they're getting a shot or something at the right. dentist, like, just look at my eyes. Mm. Why do I say that? I don't say, look at me because I'm all that in a bag of chips. You know, yeah. I say, look at me because you're going to find love in my eyes. You're mm-hmm. going to find the fact that I'm your, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. I've got you. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think, you know, remembering that that is God's heart. When he says, look at me, mm-hmm. when he says, reflect me, it's because he knows that when we look at him, we are finding peace. Mm. We are finding everything our hearts desire, not only um, joy and and fulfillment, but because he is our creator, he is also uniquely positioned to understand exactly what human flourishing means. Mm. In fact, he's the only one that can define that. Mm. And and so to, to be a God glorifier first means knowing him, which he understands that the more we know him, the more we know ourselves, mm-hmm. what are we all aching mm-hmm. to do? I mean, mm-hmm. we're all, you know, wanting to know ourselves and find human fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's why all these personality tests I exist know, and things so like many this. Personalities, <laughs> so much self-care, yes. so much everything self, self, self. Yeah. And I'm not dissing all of that and all of that has a place, mm-hmm. but what we're aching for, we're never going to find. Mm. We're never going to find until we look at the one who made us and say, who am I? Mm-hmm. And why am I here? And when he, so 
glorifying him is knowing him and making him known, knowing him and making him known. But the beautiful thing is the more I know him, the more I understand myself, my, my reason for being here. And sometimes uh, because I've, I've pushed into this so much now, and I've really learned to just rejoice in my primary purpose. I sometimes wake up just thrilled to be a human. Like it blows my mind of all the things God created. I get to be a human. I I have the unique role of being his image bearer. And there were many seasons in my life where that would not have brought me even a Mm. moment of joy Mm. because I didn't know him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you said, we ascribe to him all these characteristics from these failing people. Yeah. And really the, the, the thing that has helped me the most with that in learning about my heavenly father is looking at the life of Christ, Mm. because Jesus actually says, when you've seen me, you've seen the father. And most of us don't have a problem with Jesus. You know, most of us think Jesus is warm and fuzzy and easy to approach. And we'd, we'd want to sit with him and he died for us. Mm -hmm. And we, and we all really don't have a problem. We don't usually ascribe to Jesus characteristics Mm -hmm. that he didn't earn Mm -hmm. other than maybe, well, that's not true. Some people think he's a kumbaya Jesus mm-hmm. that never had anything harsh to say, but that's not true either. But mm-hmm. he, mm-hmm. we don't fear him like we would fear our heavenly father mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And what's what's crazy is he says he is the direct reflection. He's mm-hmm. the perfect image bearer, mm-hmm. the perfect human who had the, who did it like, you know, we were all created to to be able to do as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. And I think from what you're saying, many of us, and it may even be from denominational traditions we've grown up in, have this image of God as very distant, Mm -hmm. as God, as a police officer who's saying, do this and don't do this. And we tend to not think of Jesus that way. We tend to think of Jesus as, well, he sat with the sinners and I'm a sinner, so he would be okay with me. And, And we have to pull all of this into one to say, he is a just God, but he's a near God too. He's right. a gentle and loving and merciful, compassionate God. Mm-hmm. And what I've come to understand in brokenness, some of the most clear times I've heard God speak to my heart, some of the greatest revelations of who he truly is and who he is as my father, who he is to me came in those very broken seasons. Mm-hmm. So when the Bible says that God is near to the brokenhearted, I don't look at that as like, well, he's far away from everybody else, (laughs) but we are positioned uniquely when we are brokenhearted to allow God to reveal his nearness, that we are more attuned to it. And that in that attunement, he starts to correct all of those Mm -hmm. misconceived thoughts that we would have about who he is. And that makes then being a God glorifier, as you said, something that's like, wow. You picked me to do this? Yeah. Because I have done this. I looked at my dog and I was like, oh, you were not born a person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's silly. But but it is one of those things that you start to, again, grab onto the magnitude of what it is to be selected, Mm -hmm. created, Mm -hmm. chosen, called by God to, to, I love that, to be his representative mm-hmm. on this planet at this time that you were born. And now getting, you know, that primary purpose though out of the way, we can step into what you describe as personal purpose. Right. So elaborate on that concept for us and how this starts to pull all of these pieces together when it comes to our callings. Right. And so just like vacuums, there are, you know, they all have the same primary purpose of sucking up dirt, but there's so many types of vacuums. You know, there's dust busters all the way to these industrial size shop bags mm-hmm. that can, you know, suck up water with the dirt and, you know, all kinds of hardware. And so we are the same, you know, we all have that same primary purpose, which I love mm-hmm. because also one of the most painful things in in my journey wanting to find a calling is all that whole comparison trap. Mm. So, you know, we can quit comparing when it comes to our personal purpose, our primary purpose. We all are God glorifiers. Personal purpose comes in when you start thinking, okay, what kind of God glorifier am I? Mm. And this is where we begin to look at things like the talent or the personality, the skills that God has uniquely gifted, given us. And I'm similar to you. I've I've always enjoyed communicating. I, I love to write, even in elementary school. Um, you know, I won a poetry contest in elementary, you know, things like that. <laughs> and 
so I can look back at my life and 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 see a trend of different arenas in which I know I function more naturally. So, you know, example would be if you took a dust buster to a construction site and tried to do a cleanup job there, it would be very unsuccessful. Mm. I mean, it would suck up a little bit, but it would probably go to bed at night. I love thinking that vacuums have feelings, <laughs> by the way. They would go to bed at night feeling a little disappointed because mm. the 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 arena was wrong. Mm. But if you just use it in the car after a day at the beach or, you know, that thing goes to town and, yeah. and does what it was made, you know, even more uniquely crafted to do. And that's what we want to find is, Lord, how did you make me? What, how did you wire me? And I love to write. I, I enjoy speaking. I love talking. I'm teaching in the classroom. And so that's going to be more my arena. I'm not going to be in a sports field. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a surgeon. I'm not going to be a banker. These are things I'm able to just kind of by process of elimination. It's been easier for me, I think, in my life to identify the arenas I know I'm not made for. Mm-hmm. Like I know I'm not that and I'm not that and I'm not that. And really I think that's a better approach rather than trying to find that you one pinpoint mm-hmm. specific thing. It's more a broader space mm-hmm. I feel in my life. Mm-hmm. My area rug is is broader than this one little tiny thing. I've got places where even now in my life, I still don't know what my special calling mm-hmm. is. I don't even look for it anymore. Mm-hmm. But right now I have opportunities. I sometimes go speak um, at my local church. Sometimes I, I go very, you know, here or there, I'll get asked to go somewhere in another state to come share. Uh, I have writing opportunities that are helping others. And it's really just looking daily, like what's on my area rug mm-hmm. that you've created me personally to be equipped to do in a way that is not contrary to the way I'm wired Mm -hmm. and also can bring glory to you. Mm -hmm. And this is where personality tests sometimes help us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we really just don't know. um, And a few of those are very helpful, Mm -hmm. but I think we can sometimes get even too caught up in that. Yes. To where we're, we're looking at our score. And if we didn't, and honestly, I guess I've got 14 thoughts coming out of my mind about personality (laughs) tests. The one thing I would just say is remember that, we are changing. The biblical worldview mm-hmm. says that we are being changed mm-hmm. into the image of Christ. So even if I took a personality test two years ago, the sanctification process mm-hmm. should be changing me mm-hmm. in, in deeply meaningful ways. Mm-hmm. So to lock ourselves into letters or numbers, uh, I think really in general even though we might find some tidbits that help us a little bit, that is not what God is calling us to do. So good. I totally agree with you. I think, and I have not really shared this on the podcast or publicly before, but there are some personality quote unquote tools out there that I got locked into that actually only got me focused on my own trauma, myself, Mm -hmm. uh, the pain that I had suffered, how that was coming out. And it kind of, as you said before, it, puts you on this really self-focused track that makes you miss Mm -hmm. everything about the move of God in your life and how he is continuing to pull you from where you are to greater, from glory to glory. And the thing that really set me free from a lot of needing to identify myself. And I think that's a natural process. You know, when you go through a divorce or, you know, loss of a significant relationship, something like that, you do lose a piece of identity in that. And so it's rediscovering or discovering for the first time, who did God make me to be and what are my talents and things like that. But reading through the book of Romans, and then also there's pieces of this in um, first Corinthians, but talks about our spiritual gifts. And that we, as you mentioned at the top of this episode, the ability for me to see that first step on the staircase, that's a a unique gifting that I have. And a lot of times we're not aware of those things and a personality Mm -hmm. test, man, I even draw those out. Those are things that we have to know as we walk with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And even as we walk in community, I didn't think I was that great of a writer until probably five people told me, wow, when you write, it's just like my thoughts are on the page. And I thought, hmm, maybe there's something to this, (laughs) you know, but we maybe um, misattuned to our own giftings. And Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that any particular inventory is going to be able to pull that out for us the way that a relationship with God and being in community with his people will do for us. Right. Uh, I want to backtrack though, as I'm talking about identity though, 
and how we mix up our callings with our identity and Mm -hmm. how our disappointments kind of point to maybe some places we've got it wrong. Right. Yes. Um, Again, when you think about even that definition of a calling being Mm -hmm. a job or Mm -hmm. what a vocation and our identity being something that is just, and and those change. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have, I want everyone to understand that it is normal for, for people to have multiple callings. That is something I never knew. You know, Mm -hmm. I I thought it was bad that I had so many different, you know, jobs even, but no callings change. Mm -hmm. We're not moms. I mean, we're always, if you're a mom, you're, you're always a mom, but you're not raising children (laughs) the same way. And you're not, you know, all our callings come and change. It's normal. So, but our identity doesn't change. Mm-hmm. We we grow and we mature, but but our our identity is rooted in Christ. Meaning, what defines me? Who am I? It's more about who. It's about being rather than what I do. And when we link our identity to what we do, then we are. Um, gosh, that's a dangerous place to mm-hmm. be. Because what happens if you're in an accident and you're no longer able to even move or mm-hmm. do? And this is why rooting, you know, our identity is anchored into something that doesn't change. That's mm-hmm. the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. Our identity is rooted in who Jesus says we are and what he has accomplished, what he has done. But I think that the more I'm again, I don't want anyone to feel bad about being depressed when you've lost a job or when things mm-hmm. change. And it's not that it's revealing we're some selfish mm-hmm. pigs or something just yeah. because it was devastating. Yeah. It's normal to feel disappointment or or sadness when mm-hmm. things change. It's also normal to get excited when things mm-hmm. change, but but it shouldn't cause us to feel that we have no reason to be alive mm-hmm. or that there's no value to who we are, mm-hmm. even if we never did a thing, mm-hmm. our identity doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Even if we sat in a chair for the rest of our lives, staring at a wall, it doesn't change who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful freedom. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that's what we want to do or that that is our best life at all, but, <laughs> but, it, but it's freeing to me and, and such a, a healing truth to know that my identity is not linked to what I look like. It's not linked to what I do. The things that are often out of my control and um, it's just rooted in something far deeper. But, you know, I guess one thing I wanted to say too, and I'm sorry if I'm kind of bouncing off thoughts. I have so many wonderful yeah. thoughts to come. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> but one thing that I think this world sets us up for is this lie that our ultimate goal is to become our best self. Mm. Like, that by the time I die, I want to be the best TC ever. And that isn't a biblical goal. My goal as a Christ follower is to be like Jesus. I want to be more and more and more like him. And so my that is that's what I'm looking at to judge my level of progress, I guess is the word. Mm-hmm. And because honestly, I think if we all get gut level honest, if you really believe that the best life you're going to have is becoming the best you you can be, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you're not like this, but <laughs> I know what goes on between my ears. And, and I'm thinking, you're like, I don't want to be more than that. <laughs> I don't even want to hear myself talk, let alone keep digging into myself to find answers for yeah. life's biggest questions. Yeah. Like sometimes I wish I could take my brain out at night <laughs> and soak it in denture water. You know, like you can take, I don't have it, but you know. People take their teeth out and soak them overnight. Yeah. They get a break from it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you oh, ever like, yes. I'm just a super <laughs> cerebral kind of person. Yeah. It would be so refreshing to just get a break from a break yourself. Myself. <laughs> so the thought of truth being, you know, that I'm going to dig internally for any mm-hmm. of my answers, for any of my hope, for any of my freedom actually isn't a very joyful thought to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I already know what's in me. Yeah. yeah. And my truth is actually really depressing. Mm-hmm. Jesus's truth about me is life and hope. Mm-hmm. And that is my identity. It's not linked to my calling. Yeah. And it is then the calling 
and all that other stuff and taking care of myself and everything like that is icing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's more meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. It's more enjoyable to me because not everything is riding on it. Yes. This is, this is the fun part. This isn't the, you know, this is the icing. This isn't the cake. Mm -hmm. The cake is always made right in, in, in Jesus. I didn't even have to do it. He did it for me. Right. And I think what that frees us up to do then is disconnect from outcomes. So as a mother, for example, Mm -hmm. when I know that that is a calling for me, it's not my purpose. Right. I have the ability to approach it to say, Lord, you're empowering me to this calling. I want to do this in a way that honors that, Mm -hmm. honors you and honors what you've put inside of me. And if my kids don't respond the way that I hope that they would, I'm going to go back to you and talk to you about it. Say, Lord, that didn't go so well. (laughs) How shall I approach it next? But it makes so many of these things where we can just, we can focus on the process Mm -hmm. and on the sanctification that's happening in us and in our children Mm -hmm. as this is played out. And it can look differently with other callings. if, If it is to share the pain that you've gone through in a way that reaches a neighbor or reaches a small group or whatever it is. We don't have to worry about, well, is God going to bring all these people back to him? Or Mm -hmm. how many people are going to get saved through my story? It's just submitting it back to God and saying, this is for you. This is a gift back to you that you're actually giving me the desire and the ability to carry out. Right. It says that God it's God who wills and works in us for his good pleasure. So right. then we can look at all of these things and say, well, what would be pleasing to you, Lord? Not what's pleasing to me. Mm-hmm. If I go after what's pleasing to me, good night. Like, <laughs> right. Right. you know, we don't, we're so fickle and we are so quick to measure ourselves and our worth by the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And when we can keep that purpose element as the forefront mm-hmm. and allow God to be the driver then we can just approach excitement with all of these different things that are on our area rug right. and say, well, this person's in my life today, or this person's in my arena right now. Mm-hmm. And we can approach things with such a heart of compassion and right. excitement rather than it being something that we're trying to extract God's love from mm-hmm. because we're looking for something he's already given us. Right. And that reminds me of just, you know, our needs are met in him as we focus on him and we're trying to know him, then we, then by knowing him, by searching for him, we are changed and we are made whole. Mm -hmm. And then we are able to reflect the kind of love our kids need, our Mm -hmm. our friends need. And, you know, we're going to have desires. We're going to blow it. We're not going to do this perfectly, but we always know where to find how, how to find our way back because it's a simple thing. Mm -hmm. Our primary purpose is a simple, it's not always easy, but it's a simple thing. Mm. It's not hard to discover. You don't have to take a bunch of tests to figure it out. Yeah. It's know him and make him known, know him and make him known. And that happens in different ways and and increasing measure as we get to know him. So good. TC, this conversation is just such, just bolstered me in such a new way, just to continue to process what this is to be a God glorifier, to be an image bearer to live through that reality and recognize how beautiful it is, the ups and the downs all together and how they continue to move us closer and closer to him. At the end of every conversation, I ask the guests the same question. And if it's, there was just one thing that you wanted a single mom to know, Mm -hmm. what would it be? That's tough. There's so many things I would want to share, but I think what I would want to say is In the midst of all the things you're trying to figure out, you know, everything, why things happened or the whys and the what's and the where's and in the doubts, the true genuine doubt that you might have about your faith, about God, in the midst of all these questions, I would just say it is so important to understand your why. And I mean, why, if you're, if you are, identifying as a Christian. Why? And the reason why I say that is even in in no matter what season of life, if I remember why I'm following Jesus, which for me all boils down to what he did on the cross, 
what, what, you know, the, the love and everything I don't deserve, then I can cling to that. And what will happen is as you cling to Jesus, you can then give him the benefit of the doubt. I guess that's my encouragement is give Jesus the benefit of the doubt while you do your deep dives into figuring out why, where, what. A lot of people these days hear some kind of a skeptical claim or go through something hard and they're struggling with the goodness of God and and the enemy is just so ready to just encourage you or influence you to throw your whole faith out with the baby out with the bathwater. And I just want to say Jesus loves you and he's he's worth us clinging to him for everything we've got until we've been given evidence beyond a reasonable doubt that he isn't faithful, which won't ever happen. Mm. Rather than throwing him out at the first doubt you have, hang on tight and then go on that deep dive mm-hmm. because the Christian worldview can, can withstand it. It's, it, it stands very tall mm-hmm. in the arena of worldviews with um, wonderful answers to be found. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that you have such a heart for that, for our questions and mm-hmm. our wrestling. It's not often that I think many of us in our walk will find such acceptance. And when you find it, mm-hmm. it feels like home. So I understand. <laughs> yeah, it's my pleasure. TC, tell listeners about the book that we've been talking about mm-hmm. today and how they can find out more about you. Yes. Well, um, my book is called Lord, Where's My Calling? When the Big Question Becomes a Big Distraction. And I've recently revised it. So it is out on Kindle and Audible. And I was blessed to be able to actually record that audible version, which was fun. And you can find that on Amazon or you can come find me at my website, which is uh, tccannon.com. And it's T-E-A-S-I. So it's a weird name. It's a unique name. I shouldn't say weird. Uh, but yeah. Well, and I'll have links to it in the show notes. Great. So they don't have thank to worry you. about spelling thank it or anything you. like that. We'll make it easy for everybody okay. to find you. But thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. If you enjoyed this conversation with TC, I've got a couple others that you might like to listen to. Check out episode 68 with Christy Wright, The Significance of Struggle in Restoring Hope and Embracing Your Truest Self. You might also like episode 61 with Chloe Gooden, Your Life, Your Pain, Your Purpose. As we wrap up today's episode, I do want to point out a couple of resources available in the show notes. The first is our private Facebook group, Beloved Collective. Going through the issues and things that we're dealing with as single moms in community is so valuable. And so if you'd like to join the Facebook group, all you have to do is search for Agape Moms on Facebook at Agape Moms, and then click on the groups tab there and submit a request to join the group. Likewise, if you would like to follow along with Agape Moms on Instagram, you can search for us at Agape Moms. Additionally, I now have a weekly video guided scripture meditation available for every episode of the podcast. And if you subscribe to the Agape Moms YouTube channel, you will receive notifications when those videos become available. And it's just a great way to start off your day with some encouragement from God's word and apply some of the things that we're learning here on the podcast. I also want to thank you for your subscriptions, your rankings, your reviews. It's so encouraging to me to see what God is doing in your life and to see Him on the move, but it also helps other women to be drawn in to just what God has for them here as well. And as you move through the rest of your day or your evening, I just pray that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.